Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. John Mayer tonight, who we learned yesterday on Setlist ATX, actually played last night at Moody Center. Moody Center was the uh, the crooner. You said you told you revealed yesterday you're a John Mayer fan. Got lots of John Mayer on this phone right here, and proud, proud of it. Got, I mean, he's, he's very talented. Very talented, yeah. yeah. Man, he's got issues, but don't we all? Yeah, it's like mama drama. You know what I mean? Yeah. Girlfriend <laughs> drama. That's yeah, all right, though. Yeah, it's all about, I don't know, some relationships. He's very dramatic, on. but yeah. I like him. He's a talented guy. He is talented. He's one of those dudes that, uh, he, much like Taylor Swift, used their relationships, which are oftentimes very public ones. Uh, celebrity couples, and they'll use those to almost inspire some of that heartbreak, by the way. He dated Taylor Swift. Their, their latest song. Yeah, yeah, good point. There you yeah, go, Ty. He, he, he went, yeah, nice. a lot, he dated a lot of girls, ladies, uh, in his day. You wanna, if you want to call that date. Well, because he's, he's pretty, pretty, you know, Good looking, I guess. Same time, he's uh, brilliant. I mean, he's a ge- musical genius. Um, he went to the Berkeley School of Music for a while. I mean, he's one of those guys. Um, yeah. No, I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I and I, I want to say it was one of my exes back in the day that put me on John Mayer. There you go. Because she was big on John Mayer. Okay. Like, Actually, it's a great way to connect with the ladies. Yeah, yes, that's, it is. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. If you're looking for a bridge uh, musically, to, yeah, that's good. I like They're going to like him. You're going to like him. Mm-hmm. It works for both sides. Damn right. Uh, I'm in on that. Okay, so uh, we got a final fabulous fifth hour. And coming up, Rod will have his uh, behind the burn orange curtain. We're going deep yes, dive sir. on Texas and Kansas State. If you missed it earlier, we talked to Tyler McComas, previewed the other monster matchup in the Big 12, the Bedlam game, Oklahoma-Oklahoma State. Tyler revealed that uh, Oklahoma fans aren't happy with Jeff Levy. Their offensive coordinator. Got nicknames for him now, The Jet right? Sweep. <laughs> Je- apparently, he loves the Jet Sweep that much. Remember when Texas fans were getting on Greg Davis for the for the, uh, the tunnel screen? Oh, tunnel screen. Tunnel screen. Man, we were talking about the Jet Sweep because it was our defense, though, that couldn't stop Maryland's Jet Sweep that time. Remember? When did Matt Canada? Yeah. When did him? They yeah. got Brendan Sweep on us. The guy that yeah. can't even get 400 yards of offense with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Came here and wrecked Texas with the one damn concept, the Jet Sweep. Yeah. <laughs> hey, so listen. Uh, so Tyler was good. If you missed that, go back podcast. We'll put that yeah. out there. And uh, calling him Jet Lebby. <laughs> Jet Lebby. Jet Lebby is pretty good. Well, because they went to Kansas and lost <laughs> that game, and you know, you know, put their their championship hopes, uh, you know, in peril. Because now they have to go to Stillwater. It's back to back road games for them. Yep. And uh, Oklahoma State's playing a lot better. Ollie mm-hmm. Gordon. So you get all the details in the four one one on that deal. Went to Kansas and. They threw the ball 50-sometimes and or ran the ball 50-something times and threw it only 12 or 13 before that final two-minute drive. Yeah. So it's like weird game plan. And he said and that they the offense is built around that quarterback. They think he, he said anything was wrong with Dylan Gabriel. He didn't he, say that. No, they, he didn't. Right? I asked him about that. Is there something up yeah. with the guy? And he said, no, nah, not you know, just it was the game plan, I guess. Or they're just not sharing that right now. Ah. Hey, so um, this is – He said pretty good roster. Jessica Simpson, Taylor Swift, Katy Perry. Damn, you got Katy Perry on there too? Good for him. Yeah, That'd be a great question. Who's got, the be- who's got the best rosters Jeter. in, in power? I was going to say, G's got a nice Jeter. roster. You know, that's a lot of guys that got some decent rosters out there now. Come I on. bet. I mean, they, come on. They said, uh, John Mayer My just Mayer, laid out a nice Jeter. one there for you, too. 
Yeah, so no, Jeter, Jeter uh, like had like three Miss Universes. Oh, like, yeah, of course. Jeter, <laughs> come, come on, man. Uh, yeah, that one day when it's the offseason, maybe we can lay out best all-time rosters for a great athletes. We'll have a draft. <laughs> yeah. See, well, Jeter's going to be number one overall. I'm trying to think of somebody that could beat Jeter like that. Ooh, who's uh, the play, the biggest playboy? The player. Well, play a, play a, play a, play we can go old school. I'll go Broadway Joe on you. What you know about what Leo DiCaprio? It's what I'm saying. Hey, there you go. You Leo, Leo. <laughs> they get over 25. See ya. Yeah, Leo wrecks shop. Yeah. Leo does. Hey, Still listen. Does. Uh, Jack Nicholson back in the day. So, Rod, before we get back to the football talk and get you ready for the games tonight, what's popping? We'll preview the uh, Thursday night college football game in Lubbock. There's also one in Pittsburgh sure. tonight. But uh, so I was working at the guest ranch in Wyoming that I worked at three summers in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Paradise Guest Ranch. Yeah. And so, you know, to, to, to go down, you had to drive about 30 minutes down the mountain to Buffalo, Wyoming, which was the okay. town at the base of the mountain. Yeah. Uh, Bighorn Mountains. Bighorn. Bighorn Mountains, uh, northeast tip there. So you go down into Buffalo, and you could go, you know, get some, you know, get they had a gro- little grocery store and bars and stuff. That's where I watched the Rockets win two championships, for crying out loud, that in Ooh. Buffalo, Wyoming in the early 90s. Oh, that's right. You're, OJ Simpson, you watched that? OJ You found out about OJ. That's how I did. That's right, sitting at a truck stop, uh, a karaoke <laughs> bar truck stop. and wild. Uh, uh, right there in Buffalo, Wyoming. So, well, then I, I there was also a 7-Eleven. So I pulled into the 7-Eleven, and I get out and look over, and there's a big Suburban in the front seat is Bob Knight driving this big-ass Suburban. <laughs> Windows are down. And I look across, and there's uh, his wife, or what I assume is his wife, and in the seat behind him is what I assume is either his mother or her mother. Oh, okay. And that's the only people in the car. Wow. And they're cur- clearly on a road trip. Because right, you're up in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. You're trying and to get he, away. And he gets out, and he's got this look on his face like these two women are being yapping <laughs> my ear. <laughs> he gets out looking agitated. Oh, man. <laughs> Big bushy eyebrows. He's just like. He's like. I'm like. So I, I walk in. I, I beat him into the 7-Eleven. <laughs> but then we end up like in the same aisle, and I'm, he's a big dude. Bob, Bob Knight's probably 6'6", six, 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 I don't know why I've never thought about that, but he's got to be, yeah. Because you he, see him next to basketball players, and he's not short. And I actually look up at him and, and you know, who's going to go which way, that kind of deal, a little head fake. And I'm like, I go, hey, coach. And he goes, hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I got a growl. <laughs> it was kind of a hey, but. <laughs> but, you know, you know they, they picture worth a thousand words. I didn't even, you just see he's on this long road trip. He's got these. And it's like his mother-in-law is like right behind his ear. Oh, man. And it, they're just yapping. Yapping. <laughs> and usually he doesn't have to deal with this because he's got something to do. He's like, I got to go. So I got to go. I got I to gotta meet and I got to go to. I got to go do this. That's, he's stuck in the car, though, with him. There's Bob Knight in Buffalo, Wyoming. You know, well, he's Bob, you can't mistake him. There's no. No doppelganger for Bob Knight. The oh, bushiest no. eyebrows you've ever seen in your life. Oh, yeah. You can tell they've been on a long drive here, and he's just trying to get, get whatever supplies uh, they need there. Great. 7-Eleven <laughs> in Buffalo, Wyoming, of all things, in the middle of the summer, you run into Bob Knight. And he still looked aggravated. <laughs> he still looked annoyed. He was, still, he was, on, va- he was on vacation, yet still annoyed. He <laughs> started throwing chairs or something. I'm like, that. let me get the heck out of here. That is a great story. Because I'm in college at the time, so, you know, remember the college guy that – so, hey, what's up, Knight? And, like, Bob Knight like, grabbed his arm. I remember when he got yeah. in real trouble on the yeah. Indiana campus right. for, for, like, not assaulting the kid, but that's what they said because he grabbed, grabbed him. Grabbed him, yeah. You called me Coach Knight. Or yeah, yeah. I, you know, I've earned that respect or something. Because <laughs> that was always my thing with Bob Knight. I loved his coaching, but at the same time. He was intense. He was the ultimate oxymoron. He, he demanded respect, but he gave no one respect. <laughs> you know true. what I mean? That's the thing. You, to, yeah, me, uh, to me, leaders earn respect. Yeah. And that's the way he treated one. the media, the way he treated players – uh, you, you can't demand respect, Rod. I guess you can when you're in a leadership position and you're given that type of, of authority and power. That you know, it's kind of like uh, 
you know, the Jack Nicholson character in the, you know, A Few Good Men. Yeah. You, know, you, you can, you know, you can intimidate your way to, to leadership or you can earn the respect of your, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's fear, not respect. Right. Yeah. And that's, wh- and that's what I always. about fear. And people would defend Bob Knight, of course, because he's a great coach. He had an undefeated season. He won three national titles, 900 basketball games. But he, he led through fear. Um, yep. And I, I'm not a big fan of those who demand respect but offer no one else any. That's a great point. I, I agree with that. And I will say it was a different era. Yeah. Right? It was oh, a different he came era up in a different era. When, 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 you know, obviously those methods were accepted, not only accepted, celebrated. All right, those methods were celebrated in coaching. And I remember when I got into sports, you still had some of that. You still had Bobby, Bob Knight inspired leadership. Oh, no question. Coaching, right? It was like hard nose. Well, you know you where know, he played hardcore in college. He played his college basketball at Ohio State, and he was coming. He's you know he started. He went to the army right from there, but he you know you grow up around Woody Hayes, right? You're mm-hmm. you're, you're you're growing up around that the style of coaching. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and you know, but you know the the example of that I always talk about is Mike Shashevsky. Mike Shashevsky played for him and coached with him and had huge respect for him, but he chose a different way to earn respect yep. than to what Bob Knight did. Yep. And that's what I would always argue with people when Bob Knight was still a fixture. Was like, man, you don't have to do it that way. You don't have to. I, I always would say I would never let my kid play for Bob Knight. And people say, oh, you're crazy. He's a great coach. I'll send him to Duke. Yeah. I know he's going to get treated well. He's going to get coached well. He's going to get treated well. I want him to play for a coach who earns your respect, doesn't demand your respect at all times. That's, and, he, and the, the, again, I was in the media, so people will, will be on him. Mean, he was just a jerk to everybody. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, it, that was a reputation, but I'm with you. I think he was a, a different leadership style where you rule by fear. These days, you don't rule. You, that leadership style is pretty much done. Like, that's. Right, that's so antiquated. I don't see I don't see any sports with that like relationship style now, where you lead by fear. Well, you know who tried to do it of intimidation and that kind of thing. Think about Urban Meyer when he went to the Jaguars. He tried to go up there and treat he, treat grown men like that. He did. It did exactly, and a disastrous <laughs> outcome like, for him. Like you mean you, like, one thing with 18, 19, 20 year old kids uh, playing football, you can lead that way and demand it. But Urban Meyer is from that tree as well. And then he went to the NFL where you're dealing with adults with lives and wives and kids, and yeah. you can't treat people that way. Yeah, and the crazy thing is these guys, they won't evolve either with it. That's the weird thing. Yeah, oh, for sure. Because well, <laughs> think about Josh McDaniel. I mean, he, he got fired within a year and a half in Denver. He gets another shot at it. Did he evaluate himself of what he did well? No. No. He's out in a year and a half with the Raiders. Same tactics, yeah. same methods. Yeah, it's like it failed the first time. The definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, remember, expecting different uh, results. The first time I learned that lesson in media or in, on the radio was – John Makovic. Remember John Makovic got um, fired at Texas for his own ego. Yes, he did. And his own unwillingness to listen to other opinions because he was the smartest guy in the room at all times. Uh, and, you know, he took – once. remember they fired him, they hired Mac, mm-hmm. your coach. Yep. And John Makovic hung out and took every nickel from Texas and helped, build, helped design the UT Golf Club. Uh, he hey. was in, he was, that was his, like, new project. But then he got another job at Arizona, and you're thinking, okay, he's going to be different. And he was. He's going to earn – no. He did last two years <laughs> in Arizona. Same stuff. I guess, you know, people are people. he wouldn't build relationships. He wasn't a relationship builder uh, in that sense. He should have stayed in the NFL. Yeah, because relationships don't matter as much like the NFL. Makovic, you don't about recruiting. had been in the NFL with the Chiefs. Yeah. He should have stayed there. Uh, it's kind of like Tom Herman, right? Because he had a nice offensive mind. His offensive mind actually well, that's was what, I mean, that's who he. That's who Tom Herman reminds me of, that – uh, Tom Herman was was going to be the smartest guy in every room. He's going to let you know he's the smartest guy in every room. Uh, we know you're smart, coach. We get it. But at the same time, y- you know, there's a way to do that. And, and uh, over time, I always used to say this about Makovic, that by the end of it, he didn't have one ally. Mm-hmm. And Tom Herman, by the end, didn't have really no. any allies. 
not really. He didn't have any. None. I mean, he, <laughs> not his, own, his own players yeah. wouldn't even vouch for him and advocate for him. And I, I already said, if you you can lose games, and that's a you know a way to lose your job. But you can also lose the locker room, and that's a way to lose your job. And Tom Herman, he didn't he didn't really get fired because he was losing games. No, he got fired because he lost the locker room. Well, that's the thing you'll hear to the national narrative. How did you fire a coach after four straight bowl wins and four zero and bowl games and all that? He lost well, you weren't room. here. He and lost boosts and donuts. He lost the locker well, room. And they said the same about Makovic before you got here, Rod. How can you fire a coach who just won the Big 12 championship one year ago? Because mm-hmm. no one likes him. Exactly. Pretty much. They don't want to be around him anymore. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's been here long enough, and everybody who interacts says, yeah, I don't want to be around that guy. Because when you get to that point in any industry, they're just looking for a reason to fire you, man. Yep. I mean, they're just looking for it. And I think you believe, like I believe, there was a good coach in Tom Herman. Like Tom Herman, once he works through some of his kind of immaturity as a coach, the mince and meathead stuff, that's a good coach. Yeah. Buried in there somewhere that he's going to find one day and end up, if he reaches. If he'll change, right? If he'll if change, he'll, yes. If he'll evolve. He's going to be a damn good coach. I, t- I really uh, do believe that. He's Lane Kiffin light right now. Oh. Possibly. Yeah, and you Lane. know what? Lane Kiffin gets in his own damn way all the time, too. That's a great point because <laughs> of his immaturity, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it's – and look, I mean, <laughs> who is it? People talk about uh, uh, Dave Aranda up at Baylor. And of course, he's not getting enough good players right now. But but people get on him because he you know who's the who's the the the, the author Brene Brown that, that my wife loves to read her okay. books. You know, he likes to read Brene Brown because he's uh, a, he's a yeah. curious guy. Yes, yes. And, and my our friend Colonel Craig Flowers, who's a you know full colonel in the military, retired, but he also is a master expert in leadership. Mm-hmm. He says every coach should be reading Brene Brown. Every, I mean, every coach should try to be learning how to to be a leader yep. and how to lead without intimidating, without fear, uh, and evolving themselves to understand. Um, you know, people, that's what you are. You're doing it's interpersonal you're in communications. Yeah. Exactly right. You're in the people business. Yeah. We, a lot of guys know football or a lot of guys know basketball. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with people. Uh, and especially at a place like Texas or any major college job, you're dealing with your players, your coaches, your athletic department, your boosters, players, the people important, players, recruits, <laughs> high school coaches. <laughs> yeah. And if you I... can't build bridges with any of them, you're not going to last very long. And that was the Herman story. And that was the McAvick story. I totally agree. It, and that's, very why I think, that's why I think Sark could be a nice mix, a little bit of Mac Brown with his charisma, but also he's pretty good at the X's and O's, and it doesn't seem like he has any or many um, people who aren't on his side who won't, won't want to offend him. And I've done research on Sark and his time at Washington and USC, and he wasn't always like that. You're talking about evolving. He has evolved. His, his fall from grace, obviously unfortunate for him, and but he's talked about it and been very open about his struggles. It actually has really kind of terraformed his character. And changed him as a person. I think that's why he is so personal. That's why he is so open and seems so genuine and authentic. I've talked to a lot of people who've had experiences with Sark and talked about how genuine and authentic he is. And it's because of what he went through. Yeah. And he wasn't always this coach that he is today where he's he prioritizes building relationships and understands how important relationships are at this level. He was all, not always this coach. We are getting a, a coach evolving real time. Yeah. That's the hope. Well, and sometimes because of your circumstances, you're forced to evolve, right? You, yeah, you hit the bottom. Uh, you hit the bottom exactly like he did. To, no uh, and, you know, you, you drink your way out of your dream job, essentially, at all USC. Right. We all got demons, man. Yeah. We, all, we, all ride, we ride with the dark passenger. Everybody's got a different one. And you got to fight <laughs> it and learn it from it. Exactly. I do think that's where Sark's got a lot of work to do here still to, to earn this fan base fully, but he's on his way. But at the same time, you know, we, we talk to players who they have they, – He's got. They all has his cell phone number. They can text Sark anytime. Yep. That's a little bit of Mac stuff, where that you can always Mac get some Mac. And if you got something, to, you know, it's a genuine thing that they believe that their coach has been through some hard times themselves. They can relate to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who else is maybe the most, the best coach we've we've all seen evolve over time is Nick Saban. 
Nobody's Amen evolved like brother. Nick Saban, man. You could argue he was one of the old school coaches. Of course he was. Led by fear well, and that's intimidation. where he came from. He came yeah. from that, that tree of the cradle of coaches in Ohio. And yeah. we mentioned Don James at Kent State when his first job way back when. And uh, he was there. There was no one more fiery and intimidating and, you know, fired up on the sidelines. You ha- but look at him now, the softer, gentler. But as, as players have changed, he's changed. As offenses have changed, he's changed. You're right. uh, you know, this is what we talk about with Dabo Swinney and, and maybe even Jimbo Fisher. Um, you know, these coaches that won't evolve with their sport and are going to do it their way, you know, you, know you, you have to be able to do that uh, or else you're going to get left behind. And uh, no one better than Nick Saban, in my mind, of just evolving, not just personally with people, but at the same time, you know, how, how football is played I and just understanding that. that. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Uh, coming out of the Bob Knight conversation. Was never a huge fan, but at the same time, he was a great coach. You don't win 900 games. You don't uh, – and I'm not saying he was terrible. I mean, his players liked playing for him. Uh, you know, it took a certain type of player. Yes, it did. And But yep. some players thrived under that, you know, yeah, without a doubt. How many NBA players did oh. he end up producing? But as, as time went on he, and times changed, it got tougher and tougher for him to yes. find those kind of players. Exactly. I was he didn't have as many toward the end because those players were gravitating toward other programs, maybe other styles of leadership, that kind of thing. Yeah, and I would say that because uh, we'll get to text and well, kids are soft today. Well, that's true. That's true. No, no, it's a softer society. Nobody and, digs, nobody and a lot of, In a lot of ways, that's good. Uh, yeah. that, that's actually when people are more enlightened, more people are more open about things. People yes. are more willing to, yeah. you know, it, everything's not black and white. Yes. Uh, you know, you can actually have conversations. Now, I know that's still polarizing in, in politics yeah. and other places, but at the same time, you know, you can lead in different. There are different leadership styles. Yeah. Uh, and, okay and the, good, from and the good leaders learn all of them and yeah. then find the ones that fit for each different person that they're dealing with and uh, strive and push for them to be the best. But uh, Bob Knight, great. That's my little run-in with that was good. Coach Knight. I like that, man. That was good. That was good. I like that breakdown, though, too, about it, how it ended up. You're talking about Makovic and bringing it home here, but you're right about it. And you hope, if uh, you're Texas, that this Steve Sarkeesian is on the, the upswing. And, you know, I know the, after the 5-7 and seven season, things have been pretty good. I think uh, Tom Herman's got this thing in a good spot, but this becomes a huge game. On Saturday, this mm-hmm. is a oh, yeah, this you is know this is a coach's game, Rod. I mean, this is, is a, a game where, man, if you had your starting quarterback healthy, you'd feel really good that uh, you can handle this team and you know have the home field. But man, with your backup quarterback, what's the game plan you come up with? And I want to go behind the burn orange curtain on that. But safe to say, this is a this is a Sark and staff game. Totally They've got agree. the players to do it, but you just got to coach around a backup quarterback at some level, build around him, and then deal with a, a really good team that's pretty healthy and pretty well coached. Very well coached. One of the best coached teams in the country. That's what everybody keeps saying, and everybody recognizes that. It's like, oh, no, this is one of the most prepared teams and well-coached teams in the country. Sark knows that. Opponents know that. Daniel Hogan said he was the best coach in the country, that Chris Kleinman. So I cannot wait to see Sark's game plan with a backup quarterback. Remember, he's, he's had, he hadn't had his number, but he's beaten Chris Kleinman Twice. each of the first two years he's been here. And the first year he did it without a QB, well, with no quarterback. He did it with a Wildcat. <laughs> You heard Kleiman this week saying, man, it's still kind of embarrassing that we lost to it a is. team without a quarterback. And they had, they had Skylar Thompson was hurt that game. I think if they had Skylar Thompson healthy, they probably would win that game. But that was Will Howard's, one of his first debuts uh, as a quarterback. And he had a big play in that game. But I remember that was a great game plan by Sark. Very few resources at <laughs> right uh, for his team and at his disposal. And he found a way to win that game. That was a great coaching job by him. And honestly, the coaching job by, that he did when they went up there and won at K-State, that K-State team was supposed to beat Texas, in my opinion. Because you had a young quarterback in Texas, Quinn Ewers, on the road. That uh, K-State team had how many NFL players on a defense? Like dudes. three NFL players on defense alone. Remember dudes. Alex and E.D.K. Zoma, Julius Brents? I asked Xavier Worthy, who's the best corner you played? You know what he said? Julius Brents. Julius Brents. Big and long. Big long, Kind of yeah. Ryan Watts-like uh, at Texas. 
Uh, all right, CB on Twitter on the text line says John McAfee did win three conference championships, something yeah. only DKR did. Exactly. Well, that is to tell you how how unlike he was. The man can coach. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just telling you. The man can coach. He wasn't he wasn't fired for losing uh, games. He wasn't fired for losing the locker room and like losing support from the administration. Well, and that's another Craig department. Flowers statement that he will make all the time. Hired hired for talent, relieved for behavior. Yeah. Uh, and that typically is. That's the way that goes, and you, you got to be able Herman, to. Tom Herman, that was certainly the case. Got to build alliances. <laughs> I mean, we've all watched Game of Thrones. You got to have you got to have your, your alliances, man. Who's got your back? Hopefully, when it matters it's, most. hopefully it's not that dire because <laughs> end up being beheaded if you didn't have the right alliance on Game of Thrones. Yeah. So well, all right, we'll, well, we can continue that conversation. But we've got uh, that. Congrats to the Rangers. They're the world champions. Can I play this real quick? Because we're going to Let's deep dive into Texas on the other side of the break with the behind the burn orange curtain. But Ty, can we one more time for our Ranger fans play the Eric Nadell? Final out call. We were playing the Joe Davis call uh, from Fox last night because it's a little shorter. But for Ranger fans, long-suffering Ranger fans, Eric Nadell has been the play-by-play voice of the Rangers for 45 years. Ryan. Ooh, 45 that's a years. a long time. Man. So he was a part of the 2011 meltdown and the bad years, 100-loss years. This guy has been the voice of Ranger baseball for okay. so many Ranger fans for so long. Let's hear how he called it last night in the desert. Uh, full count on Cattell Marte with two outs in the ninth inning. Spores kicks and fires. He struck him out looking. It's over. It's over. The Rangers have won the World Series. Ranger fans, you're not dreaming. The Rangers are the World Series champions. After 52 years in Texas, 63 years of the franchise, the wait is over. And the celebration has begun. Straight up 8 o'clock in the mountain standard time zone, 11 o'clock on the East Coast, 10 o'clock back home in Texas. Josh Spores wraps it up, and the Rangers are your World Series champions. Can you believe it? Yeah, pretty good stuff right there. And, of course, uh, uh, Eric Nadell was the 2014 recipient of the Ford Frick Award. Uh, into the, the Hall of Fame for broadcasters, essentially, which is pretty awesome. Uh, and that was cool because if you're a Ranger fan long-term, you know that voice, and you've probably listened to a lot of Ranger baseball <laughs> with that voice. And hello, win column, and uh, his signature phrase. Uh, that was pretty cool to see. That was nice. Or here. And I believe that was Dave Raymond, uh, who also does the television play-by-play, the, the, the second voice you heard. I believe that's right. Am I right about that, Ty? Is that Dave Raymond? Who, By the way, Dave used to do some Astros games back in the day. Um, he also did. I, I met Dave when he was working with the Corpus Christi Hooks that mm, far back. So. Nice. No, it's good. I mean, the, the Rangers, congrats to all the Rangers fans. Uh, third uh, longest preseason odds uh, to, win for a, to, to win a World Series for a World Series champion in the wild card era. So nobody really saw it coming. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody saw the Diamondbacks coming either. Well, 102 but losses, 94 losses last year. I Remember, mean, the was the 102 just two years ago. It was 94 last year. wasn't like they were – pushing 500 or anything they were yeah. 68 and 94 uh last year hey rob we got to get a timeout because we are so in addition to going behind the the, the boc we're going to talk to drew sanders head coach of the vandegriff vipers he is uh the undefeated vandegriff vipers we'll talk uh, our weekly visit on a thursday with the head coach of the vipes that's coming next here on hook em up aaron hogan rod Baber, austin texas sports the horn Ron will take us behind the burn orange curtain coming up. 
we will also try to figure out how to stop this two-headed monster at quarterback. How about two quarterbacks that can run? Yes, sir. And that's what Texas has to deal with, and they're doing it with their backup quarterback in Malik Murphy. Should be a heck of a game. Longhorns have had K-State's number of late, but uh, this is a good Chris Kleiman team. Speaking of good teams, can we uh, go to the Vaqueros hotline? It's a Thursday. Time to talk high school football. Uh, they clinched the district championship last Friday night with a win over nice. Vista Ridge, 45 to nothing. Our visit with Drew Sanders, the head coach of the Vandergrift Vander Vipers, always brought to you by Brain Vault and the Brain Vault technology, which his team has been fitted for and wears in their games. Like the cheerleading team out there at Vandergrift has also been fitted hey, uh, for those Brain Vault technology. Anytime you're in a collision sport, you need the brain vault. But uh, a great win, 45 to nothing. They're uh, sitting at 9-0 and going into the final week of the regular season and a showdown with uh, Westwood, the Warriors, this weekend. Coach joins us. Coach, good morning, and uh, congratulations on uh, another district championship for your team. Hey, guys. Thank you. Yes, that was uh, always good to do that. We set out as one of our goals this year, and so it's, it's cool to, to reach a goal like that. Yeah. Hey, by the way, are you a Ranger fan, baseball? Because you, you're yeah, you know, guy. I um, I'm one of those guys that kind of got away when I grew up. I, I grew up watching Ruben Sierra, Pete Cabilla, Charlie Huff, all those guys. I would literally watch every single game um, when I was younger. Kind of got away from that, I guess. Got used to losing and kind of got tired of it. Um, but yeah, I watched the whole thing. Watched the whole thing yesterday, yesterday evening, and so that was pretty cool. I'm kind of starting to get back into it. That's awesome. Uh, congrats to all the Rangers out there. Championships are hard to get to, oh, yeah. but uh, starting yeah, to ride, I've got wow. some questions for you. Let's let's talk about the Vista Ridge game. You talked about the uh, the they brought quarterback that can run and a quarterback mm -hmm. that can throw, um, and you guys shut them out forty-five to nothing. What's the key? And the Longhorns are going to deal with this on Saturday. Got two two types of quarterbacks you got to prep for. That makes the the week of preparation all that more important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean it, it's you just basically have to do double the work. You've got to come in and you got to have two game plans, and You've got to get to get your kids to believe in that, and you've got to memorize all those calls and, and be ready for, all right, switch my brain. This guy's in, um, and these are the calls, et cetera. So um, they ended up primarily playing, talking Vista, primarily playing their running quarterback. Um, and uh, so we were, were able to run you know, some of our run stuff that we do to teams that like to run the ball and not as much a, a threat uh, throwing it down the field. Um, you know, my, my defense loss we've talked about many times is I'm just going to try to stop what you do and then make you make you beat us left-handed, and then we'll see if you can do that, you know. And some people can, but I, in my experience, most people can't. And so you've got to stop what they do, and we were we were able to uh, to do that. So really proud of our defense, especially Diego Ilivar Vasquez. He's one of my li senior linebackers. He's he's back, and his, he was injured earlier in the year, and he's back and, and just wreaking havoc. I think he had like 10 or 12 tackles. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Coach, do you uh, prefer a quarterback that can move around or a pocket passing quarterback? seems like every quarterback now has functional mobility at least. Do you prefer a dual-threat quarterback in, in, on your offensive system? Uh, in my system, yes. To face one, no. I'd much rather have somebody <laughs> that has a statue and 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 I know where he is, you know. Um, and if he's if he gets out, he's not going to be able to run away from my D lineman, you know. Um, but 
Yeah, if if I could pick one, it's definitely going to be one that can can throw and run because it's just it's kind of just it's almost impossible, honestly, to to stop as a, you kind of get lucky, honestly, to stop a, a great elite quarterback like that. Yeah, Deuce Adams, your quarterback is one of those. He can make plays where they're in one, and that's one of the reasons you guys are undefeated and have been so good. Uh, Round Rock Westwood, the opponent coach, we'll talk about them coming up with Coach Coach uh, Wood there, but uh, it's going to be senior night for your guys. You just mentioned your senior who had a great defensive game. Um, you know, this is always an emotional night. I mean, these guys have won a lot of football games, played a state title game a year ago, and I know you have a great middle school program coming through, so mm-hmm. I know you've been dealing with a lot of these young guys for a long time now, and it's, uh, it's always an emotional Friday night when it's, it's senior night uh, for Vandegrift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's such a great question. You know, I think that um, it is one of the more special things in, in high school football is that you get to, you know, if you stay somewhere a while, which is what I've done, you actually get to know these guys um, since they've been, you know, fourth grade, third grade. And we've talked about, uh, you guys remember my – my story about Miles, you know, one-handed, one-handed catches uh, when he was in second grade, you know. Um, and so it's just such a uh, fun thing to do to recognize them and their, and their parents um, uh, on Friday night and uh, just so many great memories with each one of them. And uh, each one, I, you know, I get a chance to give them a hug before I send them off to their parents. And just one of the things I say to each one of them is we're not done yet. You know, I mean, thank you for all you've done. But we're not done yet, and we've got a lot of goals that are still left on the table and we want to accomplish. But it is important. I've learned over the years you've got to take some time to, to recognize what you do and, and, um, and um, you know, celebrate that. And then, then you can keep going on the next goals. But guys are doing that. And so we're excited to recognize all of our seniors. It's been an amazing senior class. Biggest senior class we've ever had. We've got 50, uh, 59 seniors. Wow. Oh, that's, that's I was going to ask you the number. That's almost 60 kids. That is impressive. That is, uh, that's awesome. That's one of the reasons you guys are so good. Go ahead, Rod. Uh, hey, Coach, uh, I want to ask you, uh, you know, speaking of seniors and guys, obviously, that you're, you're sending out into the world, um, have you noticed uh, in your years of coaching that some players may have some uh, coaching acumen that they actually could be guys that project as coaches? Do you do just stand out to mm-hmm. you? Go, oh man, that kid could be a great coach. He's got mm-hmm. personality. He's got the charisma. He's got the you know the football IQ. Do you see that? And have you actually seen some guys actually pursue it after they leave? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yes. That's that's one of my favorite things. Is I'll. I'll see that in a kid and it's like man you ought you ought to think about being a coach you know and and most of them are pretty excited about that they they think that um and that could be fun for them to pursue and some of them are pursuing i've got some guys right now pursuing it and uh, some guys that want to come back and work with me um i'm thinking of cruz carasquillo right now one of my starting defensive ends um cruz was a guy that told me a long time ago that he wanted to uh, be a coach i think maybe sophomore year he's a senior now and so he, he'll train some kids around the neighborhood sometimes. He likes doing that. And he'll ask me in-depth questions about what we're doing. And, and uh, then we talk about the games through, like, a coach's view. And, and um, you know, that, that is super fun and rewarding for a coach to, to think that, you know, we might have a, an influence on a young person where when they go coach, they think of, of me or they think of their linebacker coach or Coach Mauser, you know, as someone that inspired them to do that because, you know, as the most of my experience, I, I'm a coach because of a coach, and most coaches are like they have that acumen, like you said, but also somebody they saw something in that coach that's like, man, I would like to be that for someone else down the road. Yeah, yeah. 
Well said with uh, 59 seniors who will play their final game on Friday night. Uh, what is that, Coach? I mean, it's a little deeper conversation on that, but uh, we were just talking about Bobby Knight and his passing and different coaching styles and how uh, you know leadership comes in all forms. What is it you know, when you see it in a kid that, 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 that might indicate, okay, this kid's probably got some of that stuff. What, is, what are the, the key things for you that's helped you develop into the coach that you are? Man, I think that I think that the what I'm seeing in kids that maybe would want to do that would be something along the lines of they there's no situation where they don't want to like um, try to insert themselves. They're the probably the person that is in the group in, in the group project in English, and they're like, hey, I don't mind leading this. You know, the, I just think that that's a first the starting point of being able to take initiative and do that, and then of course the love of the game and the love of competing. That's one of the coolest things about coaching is even though I'm, I'm getting older um, and I'll be 50 my next birthday, I still get to compete and have the same exact feelings that I had when I was a player when I was 17 years old. And that that is so fun. And uh, it's part of the thing that I think a lot of people miss. The mentoring is amazing, and that's probably my number one reason that I coach. But number two is I still get to compete and have all the butterflies, have all the joy of making a big tackle or a sack. In fact, it's almost better because I don't have <laughs> – I'm not beat up the next day, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, and, you, and you get to see other people being successful, which I, I know both you guys were, you know, athletes back in the day. That is fun when you have um, someone being um, successful that you felt like maybe you helped them do that. So those, those, are, those are attributes, I think, that every good coach has. And that bleeds over to your team, your other coaches – um, and then you, you're able to kind of build a program where everybody's kind of supporting each other. Hey, Coach, uh, at this point in the season, everybody's dealing with bumps, bruises, and injuries. How's the health of your squad today? I say this knocking on wood while you ask me those kind of questions. You know, um, that was, that was um, something that I saw the quarterback for the Ravens. Somebody asked him about his record against NFC teams, and he started beating his head. He's like, I don't want to hear the rest of this question. You know, I'm like, <laughs> but – but, uh, you know, one good thing is we are getting Alex uh, Foster back. Uh, we've talked about Alex yeah. all year and uh, was my leading tackler last year. I had, had 200 tackles. I know that's still an unbelievable number. I know we played 16 games, but that's still an unbelievable number. Um, and so he's going to get back. He's gonna, we're going to try to play him a little bit this week, and, and uh, we're, we're really excited to have him back on the field, not just for his playing ability. I mean, he's, he's been unbelievable these six weeks he's been out of leading and, and coaching on the sideline and, and in the in the halftime, you know, I'm talking to my secondary, and then I'll leave, and I'll say, Alex, what else do you have for him? You know, he's been starting since a sophomore, and he'll take over. And this that's this is a guy that's going to be a, a coach also is Alex Foster. Um, that's one of his dreams to be a college coach, and um, and he'll take over the entire secondary and say, hey, don't forget when they're in this formation, we're looking for this play. And it just sounds like a coach is already talking. You know, and I'll walk off and I'll come back. I'm like, all right, everything good? And he's like, yep, we're ready to go. <laughs> so it's pretty great. <laughs> Hey, last thing, Coach Westwood. I mean, I shouldn't make them the last thing because they're the real thing with Coach Anthony Wood. I mean, they're yeah. seven and two. They're yeah, four and two in better. district. This will be a heck of a ball game. I mean, uh, what what uh, what does Coach Wood have going this year that's uh, got them uh, look like they're headed to the playoffs as well? Well, two two things. I think they're doing really well. They're feeding their big back the ball over and over and over again. Um, he is, in my estimation, the leading rusher in all of six A football. So what a great uh, challenge for us heading into the playoffs. This is like a playoff. Uh, tune-up two playoff teams playing each other right before uh the playoff run starts hopefully and so that's great for defense and then offense and then um for our offense versus their defense they're one of the um best scoring 
defenses in our district, I think they're either second or third as far as um, the the lower amount of points they're giving up. So they're doing a great job. The defense coordinator there is doing a great job and and presenting different looks and and uh, they're playing really hard. They're tackling uh, better and uh, so they they actually are a complete team and so it's going to be a great game. Yeah, Damani Stewart, the running back, 190 yards a game on the ground, leading Central Texas. Mm. So you guys will have your hands full there, that Viper defense. Yes. Hey, Coach, thanks so much. Uh, good football conversation. Good luck with senior night and the, uh, the the final game of the regular season. See if you can finish off an undefeated uh, district championship on Friday night at Viper at the stadium there. And we'll look forward to our visit next week when you're into the playoffs. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it, as usual. Right, thanks, Coach. All right, good stuff right there. Love yeah, that. I always learn stuff talking to Coach, man. Coach does a great job. Obviously, I mean, his team is fantastic. He won't admit it, but I think it's the best team he's had. Yeah, can we – uh, He won't jinx it like that. He don't want to do that. Well, look, again, they, we talk about their gaudy stats. I mean, they pitched another shutout last week. and Just, I mean, they've outscored opponents 405 to 60 good this guess. year. And they'll come play, on, they'll play uh, Anthony Woods' Westwood team. Hey, coming back, Rod, we'll do your behind the burn orange curtain when we come back. Yes, sir. I want to get you, get you some time. Then we'll get to what's popping. Uh, talk some Texas football. Looking forward to it. We're hooking it up with the and Rod B. What is behind that curtain? All right, welcome back. Um, we're going to cram in a little behind the burn orange curtain along with uh, what's on tap as we get ready to get out of here. Um, just a real quick little synopsis about this K-State rushing offense, and really the K-State offense period. I just don't think Longhorn fans realize how explosive and how good this offense is. Just real quick, it is a top 10 rushing offense, top 5 in uh, rushing yards per game, top 15 in yards per rush, top 7 in rushing yards overall, 7th uh, in 10-plus yard plays overall. And you go look at 10-plus yard rushes, they are leading the Power 5 and they're 2nd in all of college football in 10-plus yard rushes. Um, and the most is because of the quarterback design run game, which is one of the best and most diverse in college football. That's going to be really the concern for Texas. And we just heard Coach, uh, Coach Sanders talking about it, too. There is no more nightmare, better nightmare fuel for a defensive coordinator than a quarterback that can move. And then you got to deal with two quarterbacks that can move. And as Coach Sanders just pointed out, you got to have two game plans. You got to have an Avery Johnson game plan, and you got to have a Will Howard game plan. And the Avery Johnson game plan better be uh, constructed around your ability to, to contain him on the edges. Um, real quick stat about Avery Johnson, the freshman phenom uh, that K-State used to add some juice to the offense and to make Will Howard, all right, to make Will Howard focus a little bit more and for him to make to, to force him to make better decisions. As the late, great uh, Bobby Knight uh, said, as he played you the sound, hey, you put somebody behind on the bench, and it's amazing, <laughs> all right, the transformation, the metamorphosis they go through and become a better player because, yeah, you know what, why am I on this bench? Well, I'm on this bench because I made some bad decisions. I turned over the football. Well, how can I get off this bench? Well, i got to make better decisions and take care of the football. That's usually the way it works, the man in the mirror moment. So, But when you are going game plan specific against Avery Johnson, 80% of his rushes, shout out to my man Matt Butler at Longhorn Blitz, over 90% of his 10-plus yard rushes, over 90% of his forced missed tackles, over 90% of his rushing yards have come in the C and the D gap. He does not want to run uh, up the gut in the interior. Who would against Devondre Sweat and Byron Murphy? So he's definitely not going to be doing it in this game. They don't do it anyway because they think his, his frame, because he's still got his high school, 
physical uh, body and not his grown man body yet, uh, that he is susceptible to being hurt and being battered and bruised if he's running inside the tackles and in between the tackles. So I think they're going to run him on the edges. And for Texas, make sure that you got guys that can defend the edges. I like that package of Anthony Hill, Jalen Ford, and uh, uh, Mo Blackwell with Tavondre Sweat, with Murphy, and with Baron Sorrell because that allows you not only to clog up the inside with all that mass and the best tandem of D-tackles probably in the country, but also you can spill everything outside, and you'd have Anthony Hill, and you'd have Mo Mo Blackwell and Jalen Ford sideline to sideline, chase it down. And also, they're really good at being able to be spies off the edge Blitzers off the edge, all right, or you can use them to just kind of flush that quarterback off the pocket because both of those guys are hybrid defenders. Well, the bench uh, helped the, the issues because if they don't turn the ball over, they're very efficient and explosive offensively, yes, Rod. Uh, as we talked about, you know, you, you know, there's a metric that are, you know, points per drive. Texas is one five one. Kansas State's one point nine nine. That's what I'm saying. Like people, people are like, oh, this, they run the ball, so they're not explosive. No, no. They run the ball, and they are explosive. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, and, and you know why their point, points per driver are higher than Texas is by a good number. Red zone. 85% of uh, in their red zone, they convert for touchdowns. Red zone. 85%. <laughs> red we zone. know the Longhorns aren't good. Uh, and that's why Sark was so adamant and intense about it on Monday. We've got to finish these drives. Got to, man. They're going to finish some. We've got to finish some. Uh, they average almost five and a half yards a carry. Yeah. They're just a very good offense. They and really are. Uh, now they have two quarterbacks. And really, since, since, since grabbing some, his ass grabbed some pine against <laughs> Texas Tech, uh, Will mm-hmm. Howard hasn't been spilling the pill. He's playing, he's playing his best football. Yeah. So that Bobby Knight theory, it, it applies here. It's applicable. Only three, <laughs> only three turnovers their last three games, Rod. I mean, they, uh, they're getting after, after it. So, uh, all right. So that's out there as well. Good stuff with Rod on the uh, behind the burnt orange curtain. I know you've got uh, – are you doing the football theory show tonight on uh, – uh, Yeah, me and my man Ian Boy recorded yesterday. Should be out today, tonight sometime. So, good stuff. About you. an hour of just, just football meat. Just oh, man. Great. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's like a steak. Yeah. And, you know, he was one of the first ones to actually write about what he calls the flyover defense, the three high three down that K-State runs that obviously is really effective versus Steve Sarkeesian. He's one of the first ones to actually write about it. So, he has a lot of great details as to – how it functions, what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, how you can exploit it. I learned a lot listening to Ian talk about the flower defense, so I think everybody else will too. So check that out at Owen Texas Football Yeah, on YouTube, baby. All right, there we go. Uh, good stuff right there with, with Rod. And, yeah, that's on the On Texas Football channel at Inside Texas. Also remember today I will be recording a new uh, What's Poppin' uh, multicast, the uh, Eyes on Texas multicast I do with Mike Craven from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. We'll record that. It'll drop tomorrow with a full preview of Kansas State. So obviously plenty of opportunity to learn more about this game. It's the best home game of the year That's right. for the Texas Longhorns, and it's coming up in two days. Uh, looking forward to it. Let's uh, Also looking forward to what's coming up tonight, which is a lot. What's poppin'? Let's get to what's poppin'. What's poppin'? Who you Brand new whip just hopped in. I got options. I can pass that flight stocking. Just joshing. I'm going to spend this holiday locked in. My body got rid of them toxins. All right, what's popping tonight? It's K- It's uh, Texas Tech because everything runs through Lubbock. Our man Joey McGuire hosting Sonny Dykes and TCU. Ty, what was your prediction at the beginning of the year that TCU wouldn't win how many games? I said they would win five games. Well, they're at four. And they play tonight, so we'll see. You, you predicted the, uh, the, the the decline of TCU. I think a lot of us looked at that and said, man, you're replacing the best player at every position on your team, plus Max Duggan, the Heisman runner-up. Uh, that's a problem, and it's been a problem. They're 4-4. Four and four. They're 4-4. Four and four. But they're playing good. a 3-5 and five Texas Tech team. I think it would have surprised a lot of people, Rod, if you had said, uh, go okay, go back to September. Say, okay, at, at, the, at the first day of November, 
first weekend of November, there's going to be a five-way tie for first place in the Big 12, and neither Texas Tech nor TCU will be a part of it. That's crazy. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't. But everybody started out so slow, and everybody struggled early on, and then everybody switched quarterbacks or at least added a new quarterback. It's like Iowa State did that, TCU did that, K-State did that, and we already know a new quarterback can be – like a new, you can make a, a new leash on life for a football team. That's exactly what happened to Oklahoma State. Happened to even TCU. Uh, yeah, seemed we, to have scored a little bit more when they put in. Was it Hoover? Is his name? Yeah, Josh Hoover. Josh Hoover, who was, by the way, I learned this from Jerry Hamilton. Recruited. He was actually recruited by uh, Kalen DeBoer when he was at Indiana, who's now uh, there at Washington. So he's got an arm because I mean that guy likes to throw it deep. Yeah, he does. Like big arm QBs. Uh, well, and you know, Kalen DeBoer also recruited. Uh, Avery Johnson, because he was offered by Ooh, Oregon and Washington. Damn, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's good. Avery Johnson was a four-star <laughs> kid, Mr. Mr. Football in the state, the state of Kansas. Yeah, usually state they don't Washington get players North. like that. K-State doesn't get players like that. No, he's they supposed, don't. He's supposed to lead that state, and he didn't. And he's the future. Yes, he, they know it, too. Yeah. That's why they keep playing. They're like, now nah, we can't have you in a transfer portal. You will be the starter here, yeah. just so you know. Yeah. Don't ever think about leaving. That came <laughs> 6 o'clock tonight, so we're out. Uh, what's popping will be at uh, third base. Sports bar tonight, uh, great spot it. there in Round Rock. We'll be out there tonight, Rod and I, with our friends from Bud Light and Brown Distributing, giving away some college football tickets and watching college football because that tech game will start at 6 in Lubbock. So we'll have a good hour oh, of that yeah. while we're on with Patrick from 5 to 7. And then 7.20 tonight, it'll be the uh, Steelers, and Pan uh, Steelers and Titans with Will Levi's. Will Levi's. <laughs> hey, he had one of the best starts for uh, a rookie quarterback in the history of the NFL. Four touchdowns in your first start. Well, he puts mayonnaise on his uh, mayonnaise everything. On he, he eats mayonnaise with a spoon. And he eats his bananas with the peel on. Yeah. Uh, he's a sick mofo. I had another take this year that he would be the uh, best quarterback out of this draft class. So You that. did. And so far he's not, but he had a great first game because he finally yeah. got in. Mike Brabel's probably like, man, I should have got him in sooner. Yeah, it's true. Uh, You're right. He, was, he looks pretty good. He does. Well, he, you, know, you know what he does? He throws the deep ball. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins just throw the deep ball. Exactly. DeAndre Hopkins, if somebody's guarding him one-on-one, -on -one, he's open. Just well, you wonder if that, well, look, I mean, if you, and they were playing Atlanta, so you wonder if Atlanta was daring him, saying, you know, because the new trend in the league now is not to give up big plays, right? It's to yes. play back, yep. make him go long drives, make some mistakes, keep him out of the end zone. But uh, I wonder with Will Levis, they thought, no, this kid's going to try to dink and dunk, and we're going to take that away. And he said, bombs away. He went Norm mm -hmm. Van Brocklin. Started <laughs> he chunking it. Started, he really did. I mean, and I, and I can't look at it. I know his name is Will Levis, but it looks like Will Levi's. Will Levi's. It's spelled like the jeans, man. Hey, he should do it because then he could get an endorsement deal. Joe Theismann <laughs> did it. <laughs> right? Joe it was Theismann. Theismann. <laughs> Turned into Theismann. We still call him Joe Theismann. That's a cooler name, too, Will Levi's. Hey, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. I think we'll do it. And also, even as a joke, you can still get the Levi's endorsement deal. Be like, I know a lot of people, they mispronounce my name, and I don't mind. Because it rhymes with Levi's. Will yeah, Levi's. Will Levi's. What a cool name that is. Yeah, I know. I was like, go with it. Go run Playing with it. Playing in Tennessee, Nashville, hey, Levi's. That's a, that's a money idea. You own it, man. You own okay. it. You branding. own it right I'm all now. about branding. Uh, <laughs> Kenny Pickett will be the, the opposition. Uh, good bet uh, that the Steelers will not have 400 yards of offense tonight. They'll have about three yeah. and a quarter. Because Matt Kevin hadn't had 400 yards of offense since he's been there as the coordinator for two years. Crazy. Man. Now, Kenny Pickett left the game last week that they uh, they lost. With an injury, I don't know where he is right now, but uh, Levi's will play. He is playing tonight? Yes. Okay. All right, what's popping tonight there, Ty? What's your Sex Panther pick of the night? You can't pick the Rangers anymore. They're going to have a parade tomorrow. I'll give you two. I'll give you the Steelers minus three and TCU plus three. They get their fifth and final win of the year tonight. There you go. You got TCU on the road at, TC at Tech Tech winning that game. Plus three. Uh, by three or more. Plus three. 
So they can lose. Okay. I guess. Okay, they can lose. You got three yeah. points to play yes, with. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Tomorrow, Ty and I'll go head to head. Five picks on a Friday. Also, we'll talk a lot of Texas Kansas State, the Bedlam game, the biggest games in college and pro football. And we'll be recapping what we see tonight, Rod. That's right. So looking forward to it. You got your football theory thing coming out today. Looking forward to that. That's popping. That's popping. But uh, yeah, man, I'm watching some football tonight. Got to. 12 football, NFL football. Got to. Got to. Done. Looking forward to that. All right, we'll pick this up on uh, uh, 6 a.m. tomorrow morning, and we'll see you out at third base tonight at uh, Sports Complex with Patrick and ourselves. Yes, sir. Having some Bud Lights and enjoying mm-hmm. third base sports bar in Round Rock, Texas. Have a great Thursday, everybody. Jim Rome is next. If you missed any part of our show, including Tyler McComas, also our conversation with Drew Sanders at Vandegrift. Uh, all that will be podcast at hornfm.com. Have a good one, Rod. Ty, have too, a good Robert. one. We'll see you at 6 a.m. tomorrow. Yes, sir.